Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. As we know, Tony, I'm not one of them now. Right. There's a distinction between a Hall of Fame player and a writer who is in the wing of the Hall of Fame. There's a gigantic difference there. Don't think I don't understand that. However, the greatest catcher of all time called me to tell me that, and I almost started to cry again. It's, it's great. Now, you're not going to sign autographs, Tim Kirkton, HOF, in the way that Johnny Never. Bench will Never. say, Johnny no. Bench, HOF. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Let me just start with um, a very nice note that was sent to us by Luke Fortier uh, from Randolph, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, never revere. <laughs> it's sad, but I'm going <clears> to <throat> read it. I wanted to get a shout out. To my father, Albert, unfortunately, he's now a former little after his unrememberable battle with Parkinson's dementia ended this morning. A lover of black comedy, jazz, every sport, and teaching. He shared his love of sports with me, and we were lucky enough to see our favorite local teams win 15 championships in our 42 years together. Last year, you started a show with a 76th birthday shout-out he'd never remember, which I play often to remember his reaction to it. Thanks for all the fun memories chatting with my dad about the crazy topics that come up on your show. And to Michael, hug your dad for all of us who can't. Very, very nice. Thank you, Luke. Uh, you have our sympathies, obviously, and we're glad you listen. Um, I wanted to start with something today. This is an absolutely true story. I could start with Steph Curry, but yeah, yeah, we'll get to Steph Curry. And if we don't, we don't. Will Bond will get to Steph Curry next week and for the rest of time. Don't worry about it. I've told people many times that the Revolution Toaster, which I have, <laughs> is the greatest toaster in the world. I can second that. It's fantastic. Greatest toaster in the world. <clears throat> it was invented by Bruce Levinson, who sent me a toaster after I harangued him for quite some period of time to get a free toaster. I wanted that very much. <laughs> and I love a panini this press. And a panini press. I, I love this toaster and have, I think, helped sell this toaster to a lot of people who listen to the show, including Nigel. Yes. Okay. Love it. Yesterday morning... There was no, there was nothing on the toaster. It was a blank screen. And it's it, a touch screen, right? It's not yes, like you're turning a knob. But it didn't, blank screen, it did not have the clock on. I pressed it, I touched it, nothing happened. I went, oh my God, what happened to the toaster? I took it out, I put it in another socket to see, <coughs> excuse me, if it was just the socket, and that socket also. I got nothing from the Revolution Toaster. So if I took it out, you unplugged it. Unplugged it and replugged it okay. in another outlet. So I wrote Bruce Levinson a note, and I said, this is the greatest toaster of all time, but it's out. I don't know what has happened. I have no electrical competence. I'm an imbecile. Help. And I just started screaming, help, <laughs> help, help. Okay. I get no answer. Later in the day... Not much later in the day, maybe an hour or two later in the day, Danny comes over. Danny helps. Danny doesn't help cut my hair. Danny cuts my hair once a month, once every five weeks, something like that. Danny goes to plug in her stuff in yet a third outlet. And that outlet as well doesn't work. There are six outlets in the kitchen area. Three of them, nothing happens. But they all seem like they're in the same general area, the same height orientation. Yes. So I say to Carol, call an electrician. We need to get the electricity fixed. What if everything else goes out? And I say, call uh, Michael and Son or Stevens. And she Michael says, and sons. they're plumbers. 
And I said, oh, I thought they were electricians. Anyway, she ends up calling somebody, I think Michael and son, maybe whoever it was. And in fact, they are electricians, if I have this right. Anyway. And we set something up. She calls one company, and they say they can't get here for 11 days. Oh. And I said, we could be dead in 11 days. Well, the With next, no access to a toaster? Come yeah, on. The next the company, right. The next company said they can be here in three or four days. I said, okay, so fine, we'll wait. And then I tell Danny to plug in her stuff in an outlet that I see that is working because it has the Keurig to it. And I know the Keurig is working. And then Carol, who Carol goes and looks at the breakers and but carol doesn't see anything to do with the breakers and god knows i don't even know what breakers are this is not what i do it the reason tracy is here every day to do pti is because if something goes wrong and you ask me to fix it i can't fix it that's not my job to fix it my job is to use it and chat that's my job i'm not in the fix it business I can't fix electricity. I don't have any idea how to do it. Thank God my children are handy. I am not handy. Not at all. So Carol takes out a screwdriver then and begins to tighten. Again, there are six outlets, three of which seem to be working, three of which are not working. I am, of course, panicked that all electricity will leave the building and we will die. Because I don't understand how this could be. Seems reasonable. How could it work over here and not over here, literally two feet away? How could that be? Carol then gets a screwdriver. A metal, a metal screwdriver, let's just... I guess. Okay. I don't even know where the screwdrivers are in the house. I don't, wouldn't know what to do with them if I had one. And she begins to tighten all of the outlets that don't work. And whammo. They work. That's fantastic. We put the toaster back in, and the clock is there. Well, I had to reset the clock, but it works again. Everything works again. So I immediately write Levinson a note saying, ha, it works. It's me. I'm stupid. I didn't have any idea what went on. So Carol fixed it. She fixed all of it. Now, how does that even happen? So when you how describe do, how do Carol going down to the basement to, 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 I don't know, to just check out the breakers again. Yeah. Not the just, hotel. Yeah, not the, not right. the resort. Not right. the hotel. I just, have, I just have visions of like the, the Griswold family with Christmas vacation going down and just adding another uh, surge protector or extension <laughs> right. cord to see if it lights up. <laughs> right. And so, I'm going to have to bring over the kids' safety protectors for the sockets if you ever stick in a screwdriver so into an outlet. So but, she, but they all work now. It, so she's tightened like, the, 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 plate, the front piece to the sockets. But how would they even get loose? Don't know. Over time, I guess. I, How? I don't know. Who plays with them? Who touches them? Maybe. I mean, I, I guess that kitchen reno work is about 15 years old. Yes. So maybe just over time, it gets loose. Yeah. Well, another thing that the kitchen reno work where they redid the floor, the floor in one spot is now sinking at least five inches down. And I believe, I believe in a matter of time, and by a matter of time, I mean by tomorrow morning. <laughs> The dishwasher Sinkhole. and sink will sink right into the Sinkhole. basement. That's yeah. your ice cream spot. You know, You've that's where been, I like to stand. Oof. Eat my ice You've cream. You've been wearing it bare. Yeah, I just, but great for Carol that she, that she sorted that out. I thought that Electrician. was really good. I have to call her Sparks from now I on. that was really good. Yeah, Sparks would be good. Uh, Steph Curry broke the record last night pretty early in the game. I was uh, awake to see it. Um, it's lovely. I, I think what gets lost in the whole Steph Curry thing is what a great basketball player he is. He's not just a shooter. You know, Kyle Korver is a shooter. Ray Allen was a really good player for a long period of time. 
not just a shooter. Reggie Miller, a really good player. Oh, yeah. Steph Curry, a really good player. At some point, Steph Curry may come back in his late 30s and just be a spot-up shooter. But he's a really good player. He drives to the basket, gets around everybody. He's got a great handle, as the kids like to say. So when everybody says he's the greatest shooter of all time, yeah, okay. But he's a great player as well. He's a great player. Can I get to one other Immediately thing? Immediately when, when, when he gets the record, the first thing I think of is, do you remember the game where Patsos held him to zero? To zero. <laughs> That's right. was coaching. That. What if you're coming out the, for a record and you get held to the zero? Greyhounds, right? He was coaching the Greyhounds. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So right? you, you, was it UMBC or Loyola? Loyola. He was coaching Loyola. Loyola, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Now, and Curry was playing at Davidson, and he put three people on him all the time, and Curry got no points. Loyola lost the game by 20. <laughs> right, but, but, but Curry remembers. <laughs> Yeah, I think he refers to Patsos, that crazy guy. <laughs> but he held him to nothing. He accomplished what he was supposed to. Yeah. I was thinking about the in-game experience, and you look at what Curry has done to get people in the stands with the warm-up, with the, you know, Everybody the half-court shots, him. the shots from the Everyone seats. Everyone loves him. Yeah. As he's walking off the court, he throws shots up. Everyone loves him. There's nobody quite like him in the NBA. And then you see what happens, what happens courtside with the celebrations, with the, with the photos before the game, and you go, that's something that only can happen in, in basketball. Yeah. So it's lovely. Um, I got this note from Mark Copeland, a 91 grad from Dickinson College, which he says is the Harvard of the East. Dickinson's a very good school. It's in uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, is it not? I think it's in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Not sure. He says, my college hoops teammate, Steve Smith, is the CEO of L.L. Bean. We were talking about Tony ripping L.L. Bean earlier this year, and Smitty said, what? How do I get in touch with him? Well, I've been listening since 1999, so I'm a long time little, and I know how he hammers things until someone pushes back, and then he goes weak on it, like, say, pumpkin pie. The Eddie Bauer story from Black Friday <laughs> reminded me of Smitty and I discussing this in February. <clears throat> Smitty is a great and very funny guy, and if you think it would help Tony, Tony would enjoy a six-foot-six-inch CEO who's very quick and acerbic and be a funny foil. I'd be glad to set it up. Make it a Thursday show, and Tony can mail it in again. And he attached the contact numbers. So I guess what I'm wondering about, I respect L.L. Bean. Yes. Michael, you've physically been to L.L. Bean. I went to Freeport, yeah. Yeah. Got pictures in front of the booth. I respect it. Now, I have said, I know I've said that their jeans were too big. And they were useless to me. And I have said that their T-shirts, I preferred the original Eddie Bauer T-shirt to L.L. Bean. But I'm wearing an L.L. Bean T-shirt now. I respect L.L. Bean. Was it the canvas pants that the we talked about pants, a lot? Yeah. Canvas pants. What, the did technical they get, Did pants. they get lumped in with like a Subaru rant, perhaps? It's possible. But I just want, I mean, I, I really don't think that Steve Smith listens to the show, although Mark Copeland is listening. I don't. I, I. I honestly respect Great jackets LLB. for the under five set. Yeah, I respect LLB. Oh, now the catalog, I, the cat, the the housing and bedding the specific catalogs. catalog is oh, the best. Yeah, right. So, dog beds. I mean, I make fun of it, and yeah, I do associate it with Subaru, but I, I have nothing All about but that aesthetic. I have respect for yes. LLB, right? But don't we agree the way Although to... Well, the canvas pants, it's, that's a bridge too far. <laughs> the backpack is still right. going strong. My right. personalized Moo Man one. Yeah, you got that still. Yeah. But don't we think the best way to resolve this matter um, is for them to send us a big box of that? I, yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't really know. I've got... I've got um, I don't know what I've got. You know, they make beautiful furry slippers, but I don't like furry slippers. I love the slippers. The boots are fantastic. You know, yeah. yeah. The boots. You know, boots. their flannel shirts are, flannel are the shirts real are deal. Henley's. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're yeah. the real deal. Yeah, so great I, stuff. Do you remember one time there was a blizzard when we were up in Boston? You, you have a great voicemail. Duck boots. You're going to need moose boots. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, 
All right, that, that's really all I had to say at the beginning of the show. Um, so why don't we get out of here now and come back? Jim Miller is going to join us. He has written a book called HBO's Ruthless Pursuit of New Frontiers. And, of course, he's going under the name of James Andrew Miller then because that's like the grown-up name, even though he's Jim Miller to the rest of us. We'll come back with Jim Miller. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a Simply Safe ad. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. As again, I've said before, I could read this every day of my life and it would be true. This week, Simply Safe is giving listeners early access to all of their holiday deals. 40% off their award-winning home security. Simply Safe has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report, and you can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes and even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. So by all means, take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deals and get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com dot com slash tony spell simply s-i-m-p-l-i you've seen it on the signs in your neighborhood again that's simplysafe.com slash tony for 40 percent off your entire system don't be stupid use the code people you're listening, you're listening to the tony kornheiser show this is sent to us by dave kogan who writes thank you once again for providing a platform for original musicians around the world we little salute you. I'm submitting a couple of songs. The first song is called Alone. This is the one we're playing now, Alone. They're both from the Dream and Delay EP released earlier this year. Colin Cogan provides the lyrics, vocals, and percussion, while Elder Cohen does the heavy lifting with the guitar and bass work. The song is about the special bond between father and daughter. Um, on Friday, Dream and Delay is going to be performing at the Epicure Cafe in Fairfax on Friday, December 17th. Go see them. Go see them. This is called Alone, and it plays in my friend Jim Miller. And when Jim writes a book, he stops being Jim Miller, and he becomes James Andrew Miller. And his book, you know, like I never... That's That leads me to a very interesting story. When I was at the New York Times, and Jim Miller will totally appreciate this, having worked at newspapers in his life. When I was at the New York Times, and I had left Newsday, I had the chance to write down whatever my byline would be. I mean, I'm at a new paper... And I can reinvent myself. And now I'm at the New York Times. And I think long and hard about being Anthony I. Kornheiser. I think about that. And then I look at the two sports columnists, and I'm in the sports department, Red Smith and Dave Anderson, and they both won Pulitzer. And I said, I I'll take Tony. I'll take Tony. So I'm not Anthony Irwin Kornheiser, even though we're talking with James Andrew Miller. The book is called um, HBO's Ruthless Pursuit of New Frontiers. I got a whole bunch of small questions. One of them is, you are meticulous in your research. This is conceived and written and researched during COVID. Was that a problem for you? Did you have, you know, did you sit with people in the way that you would normally sit with people? Did you have to do it on Zoom or over the phone? I had about a year and a half before the pandemic started. So I was able to sit down with people and particularly a lot of the 
major people in the story uh, face-to-face. And then it became, once you've done that, it becomes easier to do on repeat interviews over Zoom. Yeah. But it certainly is, as as you know, it's it's different, particularly when you're trying to go vertical and go deep and ask same questions over and over, trying to get a different response and trying to get to another layer. You've written books. You wrote uh, with Shales. You wrote an oral history of Saturday Night Live. You did ESPN, HBO. You're like the king of TV now, aren't you? Are you the? You may be the most important television person because of this writing. Oh, we have to change your medication. Uh, <laughs> far, yeah. far, far, far from that. But I appreciate even the attempt at uh, such a such a classification. Uh, no, I mean, but look. All of them were linked in some way, right? They're yeah. they're they're all started in the seventies. They they all had were given no chance of survival at the time, and all of them are ubiquitous brands now that are um, very much part of the culture. So, uh, you know, I think there is some strong connective tissue between between all of them. So, but 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 it is true. I mean, not, not that anybody is doing any long pieces on Saturday Night Live anymore, but people do ESPN all the time. You get calls all the time. I mean, people call you because you're an expert in this, and now you're going to get calls on HBO all the time. Uh, how does that, you know, is that okay with you, or do you want to ever say to people, hey, I, I wrote what I wrote. Leave me alone. Do it yourself. No, I mean, look, particularly with the case of ESPN, which is the gift that keeps giving, because... Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it always um, there's always something going on with it, right? And it's usually controversial. And I think the other thing that happens with places like ESPN and HBO, uh, probably even with SNL, is that there's an iceberg effect. You, we hear certain things that they want us to hear, and there's a lot going on below the surface which can be reported on and discussed and you can break news and you can bring another level of understanding, um, you know, about what's really happening. Jim Miller's book is called Tinderbox. I'm going to ask him why it's called Tinderbox, HBO's Ruthless Pursuit of New Frontier. It's also 1,024 pages. Because 1,024 pages. <laughs> well, that's, including, that's including the index. I mean, that's a little unfair. No, I mean, look, it's, you know, you can kind of jump in at any point and read it uh, yeah. for a little bit. And uh, I mean, the book is designed to be, uh, you know, kind of a quick read. It's not dense. And uh, I was also trying to do a book of records. So there's 49 years of HBO history, including, by the way, a ton on HBO Sports because HBO Sports was incredibly important to was the best. HBO. Their documentaries were the best. Absolutely the best. They're not in the sports business anymore, basically, right? Well, they do some they do some documentaries, and they still have hard knocks and real sports with Brian Gumble. That's right. But by and large, by and large, after Wimbledon, after they gave up rights to Wimbledon at the turn of the century, uh, you know, you started to see that the company was going to spend more money financing shows like The Sopranos and The Wire and everything else, rather than paying. At one point, you know, early on in Mike Tyson's career, they paid him $62 million for, you know, a contract. And they spent a lot of money on boxing. They were the first to bring us Wimbledon during the week. And, uh, you know, they they certainly had an impact on on sports. Inside the NFL was a precursor to Sunday Countdown. Uh, Very influential, very influential. I would say... um... 
I no longer consume television in the way I used to. I, I mean, I really don't. I'm too old. Why I'm is just, that? I think I'm just too old and I'm crotchety and I don't. I just don't consume it in well, that way. Well, you were crotchety at 35. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> but I, I would say that, that if you ever asked me, if you asked me this question, because I came along at a time when television was free. The only thing that cost money was the set. There was no, right. nothing you spent money on. If you asked me, is there any one thing you think is worth it, I would reflexively and immediately answer HBO. Immediately over, you know, 40-plus years, right? Wouldn't you? HBO? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. A absolutely. And I think that that's part of, look, one of the things that HBO did, which was very smart, was they were able to pivot at, you know, key points in their history because they started out with, you know, look, we're going to bring you some boxing, which the networks had given up on. But they really started out saying, we're going to show you uncut, uncensored movies without yeah. commercials. And then yeah. when there was a when there was a blockbuster on every corner, they had to pivot. And that's when they started to get into original programming. And they did it in an incredible way. I mean, you know, it was so hard for me to triage between what shows to cover and what shows not to cover. I mean, obviously... You know, Sopranos and Curb and Sex and the yeah. City and The Wire yeah. and everything, but it, they've they've had all the way through the succession. They've had quite a track record. Jim, is there one guy there? Is there one guy there where you say he's the father of it? He's a genius in the way that you would say that maybe about Lorne Michaels. Is there one guy at HBO? I don't know if there was one guy, but I will say that I call Michael Fuchs uh, the George Washington of HBO because he was a fearless, incredibly aggressive programmer who became CEO in 1984, and he just flooded the zone with creativity. I mean, look, one of the things he said was to comedians, if you were, back when, if you were a comedian in the late 70s or 80s, your big, big moment came in 40 half minutes on Johnny Carson and the mm -hmm. network censors would basically do a colonoscopy on everything you said. You had to be very, very careful about every word. And Michael Fuchs went to Eddie Murphy and to George Carlin and to Robert Klein and others and said, we're going to give you an hour and you can say whatever you want. I mean, Chris Rock, whatever you want and get up there. And it was just, it was, it was fundamental change in the business of comedy. And of course it was great for HBO and, you know, Michael also said to Gary Shandling, look, I'm going to give you a whole season. Do this show called Barry Sanders. And he was, uh, yeah, he was absolutely a visionary. Uh, but the, the key to HBO was they had others that followed him in less dramatic ways, but still important ways. I mean, again, I, I'm old enough to remember when there's no HBO and, and it can't work, right? People aren't going to pay, right? It's not going to work. And it works. And it changes, it changes everything, does it not? I think it does. I think it, yeah. it, look, I say at the very beginning, the reason why I decided to, you know, spend three years of my life on this is because I think it fundamentally changed television and in some ways storytelling. So in, it had a huge impact on the culture itself. I mean, one of the things that, you know, happens with HBO is because you can, you, they, you can do continuing storylines. I mean, that, that's a thing that, you know, really doesn't happen at the networks. And you also have this idea that you can use violence and nudity and language in a way that we had never seen before. And, and once those guardrails were off, I mean, look, you know, Sopranos was originally envisioned for Fox Network. And I, it, it just doesn't work. 
I mean, thank God they passed on it because it just doesn't work. And uh, I think the freedom that HBO gave creators like David Chase and David Simon and others um, was, you know, mm-hmm. unbelievably important to the future of television. Titles mean something. You picked this title. You called it a tinderbox, and you say HBO's ruthless pursuit of new frontiers. Those are buzzwords. Why did you use tinderbox? Well, it was a buzzword. No, I think that it. Look, I think the thing that happens with the tinderbox is it, it obviously it ignites so much. Uh, so much else, and it was combustible. And yep. if you think about what happened in 1972 when it first went on the air, um, nobody gave it a chance. And then all of a sudden, it starts to explode in myriad ways. And, you know, you have like the Rumble and Jungle and Thrill and Manila on HBO. I, I mean, it's like, it's crazy. The networks had forgotten about boxing. Rune Arledge had moved it to Saturday afternoons. So, uh, again, Fuchs is able to go to Don King and others and say, we're going to give you prime time. And they basically reinvent a new era of boxing in time for, you know, Hagler and Hearns, the Sugar Ray Leonard, and then, of course, Mike Tyson. So each in each one of these, in documentaries, in series, in made-for-television movies, and, of course, in sports, you have this ignitable explosion that uh, really changes the, the whole medium. And uh, so I, I thought Tinderbox was an apt word for what they no. did. It's really good. I mean, you just think about it, uh, what HBO will do. Let's take Larry David as an example. He, he can't sell the Curb Your Enthusiasm show to a network. I mean, he can't. I mean, they're going to say, well, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you, what? What? I understand Seinfeld was great, but, and so, but, but it's, it's on for 20 years now. Is it not more than 20 years on HBO? Well, how about the idea that he's going to disappear for seven years? He, he, call, yeah. he, you know what, you know when Curb Your Enthusiasm goes on the air? Whenever Larry wants. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, you can't do yeah. that in network. I mean, even look at Succession for a moment, which people are talking about now. They, they made two huge decisions at HBO about Succession, which I don't think happens at a network. One is they decided there's not going to be any likable characters. You know, the very first network note you always get in the show is, well, who are we rooting for? Well, you really aren't rooting for any particular character in succession. That's right. Right. <laughs> all right. And the second is that there's no stars. I mean, they're all quality actors and they've all done some body of work, but, but a network would want somebody, uh, you know, of, of to real importance to yeah. anchor that show. And there it is. Um, and, and, you know, it's a, it's a big hit for them and, and uh, an important one. Well, I hope you sell a million copies. I always hope that you sell a million copies. It makes me happy. Are you still doing the Origins podcast? I am. I am. I'm going to be doing uh, four or five next year. Good. Good. Yes. This makes me happy. And is it okay? It, again, you have to look in your bookstore for James Andrew Miller. But if you call him Jim, he'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, but right? there's, You'll be happy. there's like seven million Jim Miller. So I was forced to use my, my, you know, my middle name. I'm telling you, with television, with these three books, you're like the Woodward of television. You are. (laughs) I think he's got some sales on me. Uh, (laughs) That's wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Jim. Good luck with it. Again, the book is called Tinderbox, HBO's Ruthless Pursuit of New Frontiers. And and HBO, they're worth reading about. Oh, yeah. They're worth reading about. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much. Jim Miller, boys and girls, we will take a break. We will come back with Chuck Todd. He's going to pick some games for us. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X-Chair Read. It's the holidays and you deserve a gift. 
How about a gift that keeps on giving you joy and comfort every day, all year long? A gift that looks as good as it feels, and a gift that will actually pay for itself in terms of how much more productive you will be at work. I'm talking about giving yourself the gift of an X chair. I think you'll find it to be the most comfortable and ergonomic chair you've ever used. And honestly, it will probably also be the coolest looking piece of furniture you own. I'm <laughs> sitting in one right now. Love it. Not only is X chair the world's greatest office chair, but with its patented LMAX technology, it doubles as a massage chair and can either cool or warm your back. Can your office chair do that? <clears throat> I don't think so. Now's the perfect time to purchase an X chair. Buy early, buy now. And here's X chair's holiday gift to you. Save $100 off your X chair just by purchasing it, purchasing it at xchairtony.com now. That's the letter X, chair, T-O-N-Y, dot com. Okay, you got that? The letter X, chair, T-O-N-Y, dot com. X chair is a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. Go to xchairtony.com and save. xchairtony.com. Use the code. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Dave Kogan. And Dream in Delay, which is the EP released earlier this year. Colin Kogan provides the lyrics, the vocals, and percussion, while Elder Cohen does the heavy lifting with the guitar and bass work. This is called away from me and it plays in Chuck Todd. If people like Dave Kogan want to send in original music, Michael, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. So Chuck had Chuck had another, I think another situation of getting the first three right, then gassing a little bit, but on Monday night getting the Rams right, finishing four and three, 46, 51 and one. Mount 500 in view. Oh, very much so. It's in view. You, you got Saved me by the, the Rams, like right? Said, yeah, me and the NFC. We're all in the playoff picture. Yes. Well, oh, in the AFC, everybody's the AFC, AFC at the moment. Yeah, the Washington football team with a losing record is in the playoffs, <laughs> right? At the moment, and that's hope for me. Losing yes. record, go to the playoffs. I'm all. I'm. All, I'm in. Like there it. are some really good games this week. Really good games. And let's Look, start. Ra- I, I just. I'm just so the Ravens are like a cover. The covering bailout machine of the Baltimore Ravens is still something else. Between their 66-yard kick earlier in the year, yes, uh, and that like accidental late cover. cover on Sunday, oh. late cover. Yeah, they were getting Wonderful. two and a half, and they and they it was two. It was a two-point game. Yes, so Reginald was not happy. Two and a half, whatever it was, Reginald took yeah. a pass on that. See, these, right, these are the great. These are the great endings that gamblers care about. Wasn't a fun <laughs> little thing. You're like, oh yes, yes, I got the two and got two instead of yeah, two. Yeah, how great is that? Uh, Kansas City tonight at the Chargers. This is a good game. This is a game that everybody is not tomorrow night. Tomorrow rather, night. this is a game that everybody is go, <coughs> excuse me going to want to see. You have, if not the best, certainly one of the two best young quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. league in Justin Herbert, and you got Patrick Mahomes riding a six-game or seven-game winning streak. Kansas City on the road in L.A. Short week minus four. That actually seems like a lot to me, minus four. This is a division game as well, and yeah. everybody – it's three? Minus three. three now? Okay, yes. so it went down. Okay, okay, that's a little bit different. That, that gets me closer to the action. So well, it is This down is what you three. gave me yesterday. So, it's so down I'm getting three. three on this one. Yes. So you, you came in the house this morning, and you said there are no changes to the line. 
and now there's a change on the first crack out of the box. <laughs> Sorry about that. There's a change. Yeah, so re- we'll, reset the board. We'll just we'll oh, just well. You just hold on yeah. to the sheet because this has got the most current versions of them. Okay. There you go. It's three now, and there's a lot of stuff going on because it's divisional, because it's short week, because it's on the road, and because Kansas City has won a lot of games in a row, and you don't know. Is this forever, or is it just for a little while? This is a tough game. Three points is the ideal number, it seems to me. The tough game. Who you got? I agree, and I think this whole week's going to be tough because it does feel like every team's going to have COVID issues. Yeah. Like, there is just, you know, we're in one of these moments. I assume it's because a bunch of players haven't gotten boosted, or they did J&J, or whatever it is. But but that has, I'll be honest, that has me nervous on the gambling front a little bit. I'm not going to get out. But it's I good to hear it. you say it has you nervous on the gambling front and not for the health and spirit oh, of I the know, human right. beings. I, be I mean, of course, <laughs> in the health and safety of, 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 of these fine young men. Yes, of course. Oh, um, but it's, it, it, you're asking me priority, right? So, yes, obviously. gambling. Um, I, I don't want to get in front of the, the chief freight train right now. It does feel like they're, it, it yep. is starting to gear up and it's starting to work. And yep. the, the problem is, you know, whatever you do with the Chargers, I think we kind of know it's either this game's like a a blowout and then the Chargers make this massive comeback and it makes it look close, you know, or the Chargers get a big lead and they blow it, right? Like, it just feels like this is inevitable. It's going to be one version of that or not. But I'll I'll stick with the Chiefs. It just feels like a safer place to be. Next game, fabulous game. New England at Indianapolis. Mm. Eight weeks ago, there is no chance on earth that New England, you know, would would be considered right there with the Colts because the Colts had been a playoff team. Wentz was looking like he was a little bit better than people thought. And you said to yourself, well, New England has a rookie quarterback. They don't really have any offense. What do they got? They're getting to at Indianapolis. That surprises me a little bit that they're getting to in a controlled environment. Um, I'm a little bit surprised. Who will you take in this game? Well, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm looking for a reason to bet against the Patriots. It just feels like a, uh-huh. they're, they're, it's time, time to do that. I, I think I, Carson Wentz makes me nervous, but Jonathan yep. Taylor doesn't. Right at the end of the day, Jonathan Taylor doesn't, and I don't know if the Patriot, if, if, uh, I, I just think the Colts can just score more points than the Patriots can uh, right now. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Colts to cover this short line, it, it's, and it's mostly out of, out of Taylor. I, I just okay. think that they'll control the ball better. Um, but it is, you know, the Carson Wentz factor is an X factor, I'll admit. Uh, understandable. Tennessee is – not Tennessee. Cincinnati is at Denver. Both of these teams are in the playoff picture. Both of these teams are 500 or better. I think Denver stinks, and they're in the playoff picture. Cincinnati is a roller coaster if you bet them. You just, you know, you, you don't know. You, I, I like Burrow a lot, them? but you don't know. Well, yeah. What's your, what do you think it is? Do you think it's just a bad offensive line? And that's the issue because they, 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 it fits and starts with them. He's been sacked more than anybody in the league, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more than um, – Who's been sacked? Uh, 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 Lamar Jackson is second, mm-hmm. and Burrow is first. I don't know. Their record is better. Their record compared to last year when Burrow started. Burrow was two seven and one. They're seven and six. 
it's enormous improvement. But yet when you look at them, you don't have any particular confidence in them. On that, the other that, hand, I, I think Denver stinks. And if Cincinnati's getting points, I'd be inclined to take them. How about you? Yeah, I, I, that what you just said there. I know their record's better. They look like the same Bengals to me. Yes. They just kind of look like the same team. Um, and yet they're, you know, their three skill positions are terrific, right? Yeah. Chase, Mixon, yeah. Burrow, yeah. and you're sitting there going, um, yeah, I, I just, Denver can't score enough points, right? That's why you feel like you'd rather have Cincinnati. You think Cincinnati could score 27 pretty much against anybody. Can Denver? No. Right? Under that. And so um, I, I'll take the Bengals here. Um, but like you, I, I, don't, I don't love putting money on them because I just don't trust them. Next game is Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Tennessee is a road favorite, but it's only minus two. Pittsburgh has been a competitive team, but I don't think Pittsburgh's a very good team. They're at home. They are still in the playoff picture. Tennessee has a chance to you know, get the number one seed. Tennessee, even without Derrick Henry, has been effective. They lost a couple of games, but they've been an effective team. And yet Tennessee has two of the worst losses all year, right? Didn't they lose to the Jets? Houston and, and the Jets, right? Just they terrible. Both Houston just and the Jets. Unthinkable, yeah. unthinkably bad losses. Tennessee giving two at Pittsburgh. I like Tennessee a lot. And I, you know, Pittsburgh is smoke and mirrors. I, I you know, I guess I, I'm surprised they came back the way they came back last Thursday. But um, they did. I, 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 I just, it just feels like it, it, they're running out the, they're running out the clock. And I know I, we thought that before, and somehow they miraculously beat, beat Baltimore. But maybe Baltimore's got more problems than we think. Uh, give me, give me the Titans. And okay. man, if Henry comes back, they're going to be the most interesting team in the playoffs. That's right. Yes. You're 100 yeah. percent right. Uh, speaking of Baltimore, Baltimore is home. They are hosting Green Bay. Green Bay, another road favorite, five points this time. Green Bay, a lot of road, a lot of road favorites. Yep, yep, a lot of road uh, favorites. But but there is no home field advantage anymore. Anyway, Baltimore is is down to where they've got to win games, or they're not going to make the playoffs. They're in a very tough division. Their schedule coming up is as hard as anybody's in the league, and this is a tough game. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers right now to me is the MVP. I don't, you know, I don't know how meaningful this game is. Except, I mean, if they were second or third, I would say I don't know how meaningful the game is. They are the number one seed, Green Bay. Yeah. They have something to protect, but they're given five. Five's a lot. Yeah, and it started at four, I think. I think it opened at four and it, and it, and it's inched up. Um, I, I think it's because of what you said. I don't think Bal uh, you're right, Baltimore needs to win some games, but if you look at their schedule and you say, well, which one can you afford to lose? The one that's not in conference is the one you can afford to lose, right? That's right. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sketchy that, that Jackson plays. Uh, I would if he was not 100%. I wouldn't play him in this game for all these reasons because you've got more important divisional games coming up and all of that. Um, so I, I'm, uh, I'm going to take the Packers to cover here. I mean, one thing about Green Bay is they're covering machine. I don't know if you've seen this, but their their record is as good covering the spread as it is in wins and losses. You're taking a lot of road teams. Let me, by the way, go back over what Nigel said, that there are no changes to the line. Well, yes, I've got an explanation. Oh, no, no, I don't go. want to hear the explanation. Well, I, well, I just went back on New England, 
New England is not is plus two. It's two and a half. It's my favorite part of the show. Two and right a half. Here. Tennessee is not minus two. It's minus one and a half. Tennessee's minus one and a half. It, it just and Green Bay is not minus four. It's minus four and a half. This is like four changes already. Four changes. I'm, I'm going to prove to go Nigel back on anything? I want to prove to Nigel whose side I'll be on in a dispute like this. Tony, if you need me to show you the text that he sent me to say no changes this morning, I'm, I'm happy yes. to use that as evidence. Yes, so and I, I apologize. I will throw you under that bus as quickly as possible. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> Thank it's you. just so wrong. Thank Every you. bit of this is wrong. You want to change New England? It's two and a half, plus two and a half. I, I, I do not. I'll, um, I'll, I'll stick with the Titans. Ten, well, that no, that New England is. Oh, excuse me. I mean, I'll stick with you, the. You stay uh, with the Titans because it's to your yeah. benefit because it went yeah, down. Exactly. It's minus one and a half. Green Bay went down. It was five when I talked to you. Now it's minus four and a half. So these are both to your benefit. Let's go to one more or two more. New Orleans getting an enormous amount of points at Tampa Bay. New Orleans getting eleven. This is a um, this is a division game. New Orleans beat Tampa Bay twice last yeah. year going into the playoffs. Then they lost. Eleven is enormous. Look, I. I think Tim, I, I know Tampa Bay has the best offense in the league statistically. They've scored more points than every other team, and the, and the next team to them is 30 points behind them. Tampa Bay's got the best offense. There's no question about that. And I don't know what New Orleans does at quarterback, and they're on the road. But 11's a lot in a division game, isn't it, Chuck? I think it's a ton, and, and especially with that history. In fact, I thought the Saints – Played the Bucks tough in the first game. Yeah. In fact, I think covered that spread. I think that had a lengthy spread, and they kept it inside. If memory serves, on that one, uh, there's no way I'm. I would. I would lay those. That's too many points to lay in that game. It just is. I just. That's a numbers play. So give me the Saints. I mean, there's so many ways to backdoor cover. I mean, think about that, right? The games that you could easily see the games 38 to 20. Right or it's your you know and and yeah. New Orleans scores a late touchdown and it's you know thirty eight twenty seven they've just you know maybe they go for two thirty eight twenty you know it's uh it, there's too many ways for New Orleans to cover that big number. There's one other part to this, and it is that Tom Brady does not care about the spread. Does not wants to win the game as quickly as possible and get out of dodge. He doesn't care. I mean, so. I just point that's that out. That's been true with him for his whole career. Forever. It's true. I mean, Forever. yeah. No, I've, I've, I've Forever. held lots of tickets where the Patriots don't cover. Yeah. Uh, Washington is at Philadelphia. Washington is getting five. I guess it's because Dallas beat them. I guess it's because you don't know uh, how healthy Heineke is. Because it's not because Philadelphia is a really good team. Philadelphia's fine. They're not a really good team. They're not any better than Washington, I wouldn't think. Plus five. That, that's sort of tempting to me. Know. How about you? But when you watch the game, didn't it I'm feel sorry, like I'm sorry, plus four and a half. Oh, we got this go one again. wrong, too. I'm Uh-oh. sorry. We Man. Didn't. I did. This is going to be a rough ending to the show for Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> plus yeah. four and a half. Uh, I, I, uh, you don't think Washington got exposed this week? They just – that was not a very good football team. I mean, that, nope. that was just watching nope. Dallas melt down was, was, it was interesting, but that was – And they've was, got COVID issues. Washington has COVID issues. Yeah. So. Um I don't like I don't like giving points in a divisional game, but I I don't like when I what I see out of the WFT right now. I don't know. I think this is this could be an ugly game. They've they've been they've been on chewing gum and shoestrings for feels like a month. I don't know. I, I don't feel good about being with them. So give me the Eagles. Okie dokie. You got five road teams. Five out of seven. 
but you're comfortable with that. Because, well, as you no, said, there's but, no... But if you looked, I mean, there is no home field advantage anymore. I mean, there's, there's you know, in, in some places, the home field is actually a, a penalty. Look at the poor Chargers. I don't think they've played... I don't think they've played a game where they've had more fans in the stands than the other team. What was the breakdown of last Sunday? Were there more Dallas Cowboy fans than Washington fans? I would think. Oh, that sounded like it. I that's was what listening. I think. Particularly it, the lower bowl. That's what I think. It certainly sounded like it. Huh. That was a yeah. seat geek extravaganza. That was really something. All right, Chuck, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, thank you. All right, guys. Bye now. Chuck Todd, boys and girls, and when you don't want to see him gambling, you want to see him at something he does equally well, if not better, you can see him at sitting at the anchor desk at Meet the Press. I hope there are no line changes this Sunday. Well, if we were uh, – we, I had just five changes out of seven. When, when I, Nigel handed me the sheet this morning, he said there are okay, no changes. Are we litigating this again? Well, you know, let's go to – you know, if we gave you Chuck Todd, that would be enough. But you have a chance – you have a chance to recoup here with the monkey. You have a chance. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm, I'm, we all know I don't. Scratch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the fights by two. Sometimes he throws poo, 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 poo. And he's had too much Johnny, Johnny Walker, Walker Blue. All right, what do you got? So I went down to the uh, National Zoo. And yes, he's very excited. Um, and it was a big night. It was the, his annual charity event that he ends up, the Black Tie Affair. Yeah. I think you got an invite to this. It's called Grapes for go. Apes. Grapes for Apes. I yes, it's, uh, it's raising money for apes in need of wine. Okay. So it's a, it's a big cause. Well, who is it? Yes. Adele was there uh, singing alongside Van Morrison. Yeah. And the MC was Hugh Jackman. I mean, it really That's was good. just a... Just a great affair. Um, but he took a break from that, which was, which was wonderful. And uh, the first uh, match we talked about was uh, New England at Indianapolis getting two and a half. Uh, and he showed me a photograph in a newspaper of him in a huge fist fight with Bob Ursay. Now, we don't know what caused that fight or what was said, but clearly there is bad blood there, so he will take the Patriots in that match. I, I totally understand that. He probably doesn't like the kid either. <laughs> like the mad tweeter. Right. right. Okay. Uh, so the next one we gave him was uh, Denver giving a point and a half at home against Cincinnati. And this was a nice old photograph of him at his ski chalet in Vail, skiing alongside Robert Redford, Sissy Spacek, and Jamie Farr. You might remember him as Klinger from MASH. I do. Yes. I, and also, uh, as the host of a... The Jamie Far Classic on the LPGA oh. Tour in Toledo. Yeah, he, so he, I do remember that. He was a bit of a golfer, wasn't he? I guess. I yes. mean, he wouldn't host the tournament if he wasn't. But I, you know, I just wonder: Does Denver have? I agree with Chuck. Does Denver have enough offense in them? They've they got have, that great running back, Javante Davis. I think his name is. We'll see. Well, clearly his tie is to Colorado, so he will yep. take the Broncos in that. Um, and I'm sure Tamara will appreciate that. And uh, the last one we gave him. We love Tamara. Yes, we do. And uh, was uh, Washington getting four and a half at Philadelphia. And this was just a nice photograph of him eating at Old Ebbets Grill, just downing oyster after oyster alongside Gary Clark, Dexter Manley, and Timmy Smith. So. Do you know that Reginald was 2-1 and one last week? He's 22-20. Yes. and 20. Yeah. Like, he's above 500, and he's a monkey. <laughs> okay, let's understand that. He's a monkey. That's, I think that's so a bad. big deal. And he can count better than I Chuck, can. He's beating Carville. Yes. He's not beating Jeff Ma, though. Jeff Ma had a rough week, one and four, his first his losing first. week. His first, yes. But he's still 41 and 29. All right, that's good. Uh, we will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Hello, here comes Tony's mailbag. We've got your emails and notes. It's 
Tony's mailbag. We'll read some for, for, for you folks. Well, maybe not your email. It's neither smart nor funny, nor is it a, a, a haiku. Thank you to Mark Schaefer and the Schaeferettes for playing us in. Nigel, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel? Answer? Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you'll be thrilled. That's about it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, here's a man in evening clothes. How he got here, I don't know. Man, you ought to see him go. Twisting a night away. That is the late, great Sam Cook. And that's one of his hits, but it's not one of his great songs. Right. It's a memorable song, but it's not one of his great songs. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd and Jim Miller. Jim Miller's book, again, is Tinderbox, HBO's Ruthless Pursuit of New Frontiers. Thanks to today's sponsors, Simply Safe and X Chair. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Let me get to some emails here. From Joe Magnu, Bethel Park, Pennsylvania. So we're playing the Family Feud board game over the weekend, and our side decided to play the category Famous Poets. After throwing out names like Frost, Shakespeare, and Whitman, while good answers all, there were easy answers by my team. Little did they know I was holding an ace up my sleeve. We had two strikes when it was my turn. I confidently looked at my daughter and proclaimed, Louise Gluck. <laughs> the response of who and no by my non-masculine child was like a dagger to the heart. Did that novice Shakespeare win a Nobel Prize for literature? Well, no, because they didn't get him out then. How about that hack, Walt Whitman? That's a hard no to both. But the official poet of the Tony Kornheiser show, Louise Gluck, sure did. Love that one. Kenny Ray, who emails us and has listened for a long time from Fort Walton Beach, Florida. So I'm going to the 30A Songwriters Festival in January, held at a variety of bars, restaurants, and venues along Scenic Highway 30A in Walton County, Northwest Florida. Some great golf courses down here. I got an email today with a full lineup of artists. Amy Lou Harris, Mavis Staples, Ricky Lee Jones, The Black Crows, Ronnie Crowell, Rock and Roll, and the Country Hall of Fame performers, blah, blah, blah. But as I scrolled farther down the list, there are over 200 artists performing that weekend. Two names jump out. Dan Byrne and Heather Maloney. I know them. I said, Mr. Tony has played their songs on the podcast. Does this count as a David Aldrich moment? I can't wait to ask Dan Byrne to sing the home run totals of Barry Bonds. That song is great. <laughs> so Liza and I and Michael, we are convinced Dan Byrne is a genius. Um, count me in that group He's as well. He's a genius. Um, from David Parson, let me get right to it. On the 4th of December, in the year of our Lord, 2021, at 4.32 Eastern Standard Time, my offspring, the feminine one in the middle, bought a Subaru. I noticed because she texted me as I was trying to come up with a clever Vincent Price reference to go along with my previously planned email subject, Jason Lock and Fora's loudly creaking door from his appearance on Friday. <laughs> my dilemma is, do I disown her? How does one even do that? Do I resign my position as the official paper hanger of the show? The thing has a roof rack, a roof rack. She doesn't know anything that one would put on a roof of one's own vehicle. You humiliate your kid on a pony, and you get a scratch golfing pen grad. I get a Subaru owner. From Noah in Austin. 
I'm finally seeing your things your way. I live in Texas, but flew to Massachusetts to be with my family for Thanksgiving. While home, I wanted to visit some friends, but had no mode of transportation to get to them. My parents both offered their vehicles to me, which sounds like a nice gesture until you realize they both drive Subarus. Ugh. Begrudgingly, I borrowed my mom's car. You know, one of those, I'll drive it, but I'm not going to enjoy it type of moments. His and her place. Anyway, I'm on I-95, <laughs> eat at Wilbon with my cruise control set. All of a sudden, I hear a chime from the dashboard, and the car begins to decelerate. Apparently, as a safety measure, in case you're not paying attention to the road, these cars sense in front of you and automatically slow you down while your cruise control is on. You heard that right. The cruise control, whose sole function is to keep me moving at a constant speed, will just shut off. I mean, really, what are we even doing out here, man? <laughs> from Vincent Gay, longtime Little Oak Park, Illinois, I wanted to fl uh, flag for Mr. Tony that February 2nd, 2022 also happens to be on a Tuesday. If Mr. Tony is around on that day, I can't wait to hear him say, Michael, can you believe that? So that would be 2022-2022 on a Tuesday. Nick Sharkey, who often emails us, the Detroit Lions record is now 110-1. and Is that what it is? 1101 is binary for 13. I had this knowledge in my head, had nowhere to go with it, so enjoy it, orange man. The Starbucks at the Navy Yard, Harris Teeter, isn't great, but you can park for free, so that's nice. Tell Michael it might snow Wednesday, and tell Chuck Todd, and, and don't read my name because Chuck Todd will know I still listen to this stupid show. <laughs> Here's a DG one, but a different DG. Different DG. Zach Van Falkenberg from Michigan plays football for the recently obliterated Iowa Hawkeyes. Any relation to the others riding in regards DG Iowa City? Andy Ziegler in North Canton, Ohio. After hearing my cousin Chris and brother Tim go back-to-back -back in the most recent mailbag, promptly spilling my coffee and cursing myself, I hang my head in shame for not having thought to email sooner. However, falcons must fly together. <laughs> Eat it, cousin Chris and brother Tim. Uh, Paul Pereira, Roseland, New Jersey. During Monday's Me Undies read, did I hear Michael say he'd like a nutcracker in his undies? I'll hang up and listen. No, I was, I was trying to toss that joke to Nigel, and he... he... <laughs> Yeah, hot potato. Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From Jeremy Rothgerber, I finally had a true David Aldridge moment, courtesy of an obscure reference you casually dropped on a Friday show while discussing the possibility of the New England Patriots defeating the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. You said to Jeff Ma that if the Patriots won, would they be marching to Pretoria? Pretoria, I know that place. I live there. I even had to bring in people to listen, the woman to whom I'm related to by marriage, to listen to the segment to ensure I'd heard you correctly, and I had. Now, being 25 years your junior, I had no idea what you were referencing referencing and i've lived in pretoria for five years thus i was forced to get on the google machine and go down the internet rabbit hole to solve this puzzle as best as i can tell you were referring to a song i was that british soldiers sang as they marched from cape town to pretoria during the second boer war in south africa from 1899 to 1902 since you were not fighting the boers at the turn of the century most likely you were quoting a version of the song performed at carnegie hall by the folk group the weavers circa 1963. Either way, you have blown my mind. I'm in awe of your musical minutia. Once again, I'll hang up and wait for your explanation. Of course, the opening line of the Beatles song, I am the walrus, I am he as you are he, as you are me and we are all together, is often believed to be based on the lyric, I'm with you and you're with me, so we are all together in marching to Pretoria. Lennon denied this, insisting his lyrics came from, quote, nothing. <laughs> uh, Adam from Austin, in the words of Gary Braun, this is about the snakes in the house <laughs> in Montgomery County, in the right. words of Gary Braun, take nature and lay the points. Yeah, that's smart. The same thing, a haiku from Chad, smoking out the snakes, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Let me count the ways. And from Pete Hamel in Gaithersburg, Maryland, heard you talking the other day about the Maryland man who burned his house down trying to get rid of some snakes. 
I, too, just had a snake get into our house only because I was trying to save money while cleaning out our dryer vent. Short story long, I went to reconnect the dryer vent in my basement ceiling only to turn my head and stare straight into the eyes of a three to four foot eastern rat snake coiled up about a foot away from my face. Mm -mm. After nearly killing myself fleeing the scene, the next day I ended up paying $175 plus tip and a beer to a trapping service to come and relocate said snake to greener pastures. Picture attached or it didn't happen. Glad I didn't try to smoke them out. Mm -mm. You're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always. Do wear white. Stop the hammering. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? Where's the hammer? Is it on the... Go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. Stop the hammering. Shut up.
Love takes you 